Hey, good people. Welcome back to the Evil People Podcast. I'm your co-host, Caroline. And I'm your co-host, Laura. And Laura, I want to start off by discussing um, some of the great feedback that we've been getting. Yes. If you listened, and especially if you sent us any feedback, we very much appreciate you. Suggestions were great. We liked suggestions for future episodes. That was awesome. I was just going to say, everybody's own take on like what our podcast can be or evolve into is cool because that that keeps our our brain going. Absolutely. But we did get one um more a little bit more critical piece of feedback from your dad. Yes, constructive criticism from the one and only Randy, my dad. Um in the family group text. So he really came he really came for me in front of everybody. But I loved it because he really challenged our view on Matthew Israel, who was our last evil person. He did. He didn't feel like he didn't feel like he was evil enough. He felt he felt like he was not evil. He flat out was like, I don't think Matthew Israel was evil. He said, I think he thought he was doing something really revolutionary, really important, but he took it way too far. He was a little bit delusional and all of that. And It's so funny because I was just so confident in my assessment that he was evil. But I also think the beauty about this discussion is that everybody walks away with a different interpretation. So, Right. And that's what I had said, too, when I kind of wanted to do my my evil summary or almost my my argument for why I felt like he was evil. I wanted it to be very clear that, you know, nobody's diagnosed him as being a narcissist. That was – Fully my opinion. <laughs> These are the hot takes that you guys are here for. Right. So I am I wanted to make sure that everybody knew. These are these are opinions only. Um, oh, these course. statements are not backed. Isn't, by, isn't all by podcasting these. just opinion-based? <laughs> exactly. So I, I got the text from you with the screenshot from the family group text about how Randy was just absolutely coming for you. And I took <laughs> it as – I took it as a challenge. God, okay. Uh, and wow. today we're moving into even darker territory than than we were last time with just plain old child abuse. <laughs> we're we're actually moving into a story of child pornography and attempted <gasps> child rape. Oh god. Oh my god. This is all Randy's fault. This is yeah, if anybody's at fault here, we know who it is. All right, let's set the stage, shall we? Okay, I'm 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 nervous, but I'm ready. As I'm as ready as I'm going to be. So go ahead. Perfect. So today we're going to be talking about Ian Watkins. Ian was born in Wales in 1977 and grew up there. His father said he was a, a happy young child uh, who never showed any signs of his future evil behaviors until he started getting fame. And we'll, we'll talk about what he was famous for in just a bit. But he graduated from the University of Wales at Newport with a degree in graphic design. But he and another friend, actually one of his friends from high school, Mike Lewis, were super interested in music um, and started right out of school or right out of college, I guess, um, started a thrash metal band in 1991. Um, actually, that was while they were still in school as teenagers called Aftermath. They met a few more friends along the way, started another punk rock band called Fleshbind, then another called Public Disturbance in 1995, 
and finally landed on the lost profits in 1997. So I I have to ask first, have you heard of lost profits? I have not. Am I not cool if I, I mean, I guess this is an evil story. So the less I have known, the better. No, I just wonder because I know that you're a little more connected to like the UK than I am. Wow. <laughs> you guys you can't more see my fr- face, but I'm like, oh, okay. You have more friends over there. Sure. Um, so I didn't know if you'd heard of them. Also, you were fairly into the punk rock scene back you in know. the 2000s. So I just. Yeah, back when I was 12, I was a big punk rocker. You know how it huge is. Huge punk rocker. So apparently they actually were a pretty big deal um, in the rock community. They hit like five albums, world tours headline music festivals like the full Ponty festival in Wales. Um, and by like 2009, Watkins was a very well-respected artist and he was working on the projects with people we have heard of the killers, Beyonce, Young oh. Guns, and then a lot more rock and metal bands that I, I just don't know very well. And during their 15 career, 15 year career, they actually sold more than 3.5 million albums um, so, I mean, fairly successful. So yes. I'm kind of surprised. Yes. I guess just because they they disbanded by 2012 was probably why why we hadn't heard of them since right. we were graduating high school at that point. There we go. Just date ourselves. Why don't Age we? Us. Well, it's so funny. Some people are going to be like, wow, they're so young. And then other people are going to be like, wow, they are old. Every fifth grader thinks I'm 100 years old. So Laura, it can go I still, both ways. I appreciate your optimism that anybody is listening to this that doesn't know exactly what age we are or who we are. <laughs> yeah, that isn't a close personal friend. That's Correct. a good point. Or family. I, hey, it's going to take off. We're, we're here for it. Exactly. Um, so Watkins, Ian Watkins was the lead singer of the Lost Prophets. Now, I texted you this beforehand. Let's stereotype lead singers of rock bands in the early 90s or in the 90s and early 2000s. I want to hear what you think of. Yeah, um, definitely a lot of drugs. Definitely like chaotic behavior. I think of like trashing hotel rooms and like just like doing lines and like that, like their their dressing room at like an event like comes with cocaine. And these are stereotypes. And I can admit that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think of like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think of like Aerosmith. Like I, I you know, I right. just think of like the big names who – I actually was trying to look this up. Is it VH1 or MTV who did Behind the Music? Oh, I don't even know. I think know. it was – Oh, my God. I think it was VH1. There's a listener out there who's so mad at us right now. Probably so. But it, it did make me think of that. Like every right. – I feel like Behind the Music from that time period, it's just – like rockers doing a bunch of drugs. Yeah. And so it starts off as kind of a typical one of those, I guess. And I feel like so much of those stories are like, you know, they made their best music. They were like living those those days out. But, you know, then some close band member died and it really sobered them up. And then they got sober. And now look at them and they're these successful people, whatever. So I feel like that's a lot of those stories. Or it's, you know, it ends in death. And aren't we sad that like this person who had great contribution to music is gone, et cetera. So it sort of started as that kind of typical behind the music story for me. You know, he's a lead singer. He's getting popular. He's getting into cocaine. (laughs) That was a very good guess. Um, But also hardcore stuff too. Uh, Meth was his kind of – cocaine and meth were his like number one and two. I was going to say, is cocaine not hard enough stuff for you, Carol, as you reference it separately? I I mean, I – think meth has more of a no, you're right. I'm, quick you're impact right. on your body yeah. and mind. But meth that, is taking I mean, it next level. 
You know what? As I've done neither, I, I just can't. Good for you. I can't decipher, but I think of meth as yes, more hardcore. Um, and also with that lifestyle uh, comes, you know, groupies. That's kind of the other thing ah, that stereotypically yes. is there. Yes. So they're fawning over him and Watkins loves it. And I've actually seen a lot of people in the articles that I've read describe him as a narcissist. So it's not just me actually now with the opinion. There are others out there. Um, and they, you know, they call him kind of a narcissist. He lived for the power specifically that he could have over women. Oh. And the women started getting younger and younger. So mm. here comes the first evil act that we know of. Okay. So it's after a concert. He's backstage with the 16-year-old girls and the bandmates who later, by the way, claimed that they had no idea he was abusing children, but yet over overhear this conversation. I call cap. Right. Cap. I understand why they want to completely disassociate themselves from this guy, but – Yes, but does yeah. it make it true? No. Correct. So they overhear uh, Watkins and the 16-year-old girl discussing her virginity. Mm. And at okay. this point – Which is also, let's be very clear, as a social construct, but correct. anyway. And I mean, I guess it goes back also to the social construct of – you know, the the virginity meaning a tighter situation or whatever. Oh, God, and, yes. And once you see kind of where he goes, you'll, you'll understand why that's kind of his vibe. But at this God. point, Watkins is in his 20s. Um, so it's definitely uh, – like it's obviously creepy and it is obviously also rape in my opinion. But legally, yes. it was okay – uh, or I guess it was legal because the age of consent in the UK is 16. Um, is it still – do you know if it's still 16? I did. I looked it up and it is still 16. That so, troubles me greatly. Yeah, like a 50-year-old and a 16-year-old could have sex and it would legally be – Oh, that is yeah. just terrifying because at my thing is at that age – you are just so easily manipulated. So like – I actually wrote that down. I said it's of course – the two have sex – of the, although it is, of course, really rape because the girl was certainly groom, groomed in yes, this sexual yes, encounter. Yes, yes, yes. Like absolutely. he is 100% using the power that he has as like a famous person to like get what he wants out of her. Like it is absolutely. not. Yeah. And then there, there's what he did to her. So he dressed her up in a schoolgirl outfit and videotaped mm. them having oral, vaginal, and anal sex and oh. asked her – Asked her in the video if he if she enjoyed being his underage slut. Ew. And after sex, he urinates on the girl's uh, face. Oh a la my R. Kelly, god! Uh, and told her to drink it. I just like. Okay, again, they can't see my face, but you can. Um, my other thing is like, there's no way he doesn't. I don't know. Maybe he is delusional, but, like, I don't understand how he doesn't think that this is at least, like, I'm kind of doing something wrong. And maybe I shouldn't have this on videotape. But, again, there's this idea of, like – Oh, the the videotape is a big part for him. Like, it's – that's a huge mm -hmm. part of his, like, um, fantasy or, like, his – what he gets Fetish, off his on. kink, yeah, whatever. Yeah, kink, gross. Yeah. Um, so okay, great. <laughs> that so it got me thinking actually, like, why is this such a common thing among celebrities? 
Like, is having why sex was, with underage people. Yeah, like, why are Kelly, like, why was Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein, like, able to do what he did where he exploited oh, politicians and celebrities and rich people, all of whom he just tempted with, like, the ability to have sex with a 14-year-old girl? Like, I just – and it's been happening forever. I actually was, like, looking up, like, the psychology behind, like, wealth and power and yeah. fame and – specifically targeting like young girls and I couldn't find anything so like clearly I need to go get on this psych study but I think the answer is that terrifyingly many many men would do this if they had like an ounce of fame wealth or power oh my god I also think that there we were talking about last week how you know Matthew Israel was in a lot of ways a cult leader and that that's kind of what this is and it's not a cult because it's not like contained in the same way that you often think of a cult being contained. But what you do have is an an non um an experience that's not regular for these mm-hmm. groupies where it really takes them out of their norm and then they worship this person in in control and they are manipulated through going to a show and that just feels so beyond what their normal life is like so it does have that feeling of being a cult and that you would do anything for this person and i think that that has a lot to do with why and i also think that a cult leader is able to suss out who is vulnerable to that and that's why some like people like epstein are able to like pull people into his web because he can tell which one of these people will keep their mouth shut and like that it's a terrifying trait to have yeah i mean it just it made me wonder like are basically like is everybody inherently evil where if you get a certain level of fortune or fame like why is everybody like why are so many people doing this i mean even like steven tyler of aerosmith like he did this too like Mm-hmm. Rob Lowe did this. Like mm-hmm. famous people do this all the time. And despite the fact that we've forgiven a lot of them now that they've gotten some Absolutely. sort of public image back, like it, I just, I'm, that was like what stood out to me about this case. I mean, one of the things, but like that was what made it really made me think. Absolutely. I mean, I do think that power is, I love the end of the, um, j cole song kod where they just list a bunch of drugs but a lot of them are not like drugs and one of them's power and like i do think power is super addictive and it's like why it's just so easy for people to use and abuse it and want to continue to have it and in a lot of ways it it comes down to power they have power and then this is a person that they can physically emotionally exert their power over and it just like yeah it's a hundred percent a way for them to feel powerful yeah that i mean that definitely makes a lot of sense to me yeah i actually it is interesting that you said that because i watched um like a youtube short documentary about this case and the youtuber whose name is cracked rack um but shout out shout out um thought that like maybe when you have enough fame and I guess power that like women will give you anything you want, the feeling of power starts to numb. So like Mm -hmm. you push the envelope more to see how much more control you can have like over these women to just feel anything. It's like the, it's, it's the, the gateway drug scenario. 
Exactly. Power is their first taste of this. And then just having power, just having fame isn't enough. So how can we keep keep going? And that's that's terrifying. And I do think a lot of people, our brains are being rewired to be much more addicted these days. Like I mm-hmm. definitely think that either something is boring. I mean, I see it in my fifth graders. Either something is boring or something's addicting. There's not that middle ground of like, I enjoy this casually. And so it applies to like, it can apply to something simple like, the math program that I'm trying to get them to use, or it can apply to something terrible like fame turning into hurting people. Absolutely. I think you make some great points, and I want to talk more about them when we get back from this break. Today's episode is brought to you by Help Yourself Cookies, an absolutely fantastic custom-made sugar cookie company. If there's an occasion, there's a cookie for it. Laura and I have had cookies made for our weddings, bachelorette parties, friends' birthdays, holidays, and more. Help Yourself Cookies follows your lead. When I wanted to get my mom birthday cookies, I just described some of the things my mom loves, like chocolate, the beach, new shoes, and Help Yourself Cookies delivered. It was a custom set of cookies unique to my mom for an amazingly personal gift. And the best part? They taste amazing unlike a lot of other sugar cookies with icing that can taste too sweet or too dry. Gross. Go to helpyourselfcookies.com to order. They ship nationwide. Or at the very least, you definitely need to go check out the amazing designs on Instagram at helpyourselfcookies. That's H-E-L-P-Y-O-U-R-S-E-L-F-C-O-O-K-I-E-S. Now back to our show. And we're back. Um, we were just sort of discussing right before the break about kind of why people seem to do this once they're in a position of power. And I think you made a good point about about the addiction to power. And it was also interesting because um, we're kind of skipping forward a little bit in, in this guy's timeline. But by the time he was 30, he was also addicted to meth. So I think that it, it's an interesting combination, sort of like what comes next are – maybe like drastic attempts at almost like a different kind of high too. So it's that high of the power and obviously like going beyond the high of meth. Yeah. And, and there's no, I mean, we talked about this earlier. We have not done meth. However, there is no way that that doesn't, if you are addicted and doing it frequently, there's no way that doesn't alter your decision-making. And so for someone Mm -hmm. who's already prone to preying on younger girls, like this would just totally make it worse. So that that is definitely Absolutely. a factor as well. So we skip to 2008 now um, because that's the first time someone actually reports him to the police. So Whoa, he was actively okay, – Okay, yeah. That's what I was going to ask. How long was this going on for? He was actively raping and abusing young girls for probably like a decade at this point. Ugh, that just breaks your heart. Um, but his abuse sort of was, uh, escalating, like I was kind of saying before, which, you know, he's, he's maybe now making drastic attempts at a different kind of high. So in 2008, his ex-girlfriend, um, reports to child services of Wales, um, which passed it on to the South Wales police that Watkins told her that he had given an infant cocaine and touched that infant inappropriately. What? 
so yeah, we've gone a lot. I just don't understand. A lot further from that the 16 feels so different. Girl. That's on a different. That's on a different level. That just feels so different. But if you look back at, at that's why I included what he said um, when he was videotaping the 16 year old when they were having sex, and you know it was, do you enjoy being my underage slut? Drink my urine? Like he, I think it. Like when you look at the way he thinks about like young women, I think it it makes sense that he was kind of uh, he was appealing towards younger and younger. So it didn't go from sixteen to infant. I mean, he also uh, she actually reported at his, or she testified at his trial, um, and he had described raping a twelve year old girl in Los Angeles. God. And then, the, yeah. And then the following December, Ugh. sent her a photograph of a five-year-old girl who he described as super flirty in quotes, posing, and she was posing with cocaine too. So he he was definitely like he was taking steps down to infant. Um, but it's obviously super creepy. And I mean, terrifying. no, 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 it's, it's not creepy. It's evil. I was gonna say that is where it's like this is not a debatable thing. Like this is evil again. Randy, this is your fault. Yeah. So, yeah. We had to go full in. We had to go full evil for you. And I have to be honest, it's I have it on like the side of my notes, but I'm already angry about it again. Um, I think there was a cover-up because he was sort of famous. So 2008 is when his ex-girlfriend reports it. She has full-on evidence because she has the text messages of him sending her these photos of him right. talking about raping like children children um and she she actually got like chart they were like oh you have no evidence so like we can't move forward with this trial or with an investigation but oh by the way we're going to arrest you and put you on trial for possession of child pornography i just okay this is to me i've been thinking it and i'm like when am i gonna say this but this kind of like solidifies it for me that in a like i'm not saying at all that women are absolved and that women can't be evil like we've seen a lot of it however so much of this comes down to misogyny and the patriarchy and it just makes my blood boil and carol's giving me the little look cuz like there's no way she didn't think i would go here but the thing <laughs> is is the way that we treat women versus men regardless of if they're evil if they're not evil it is just so apparent to me that it, it so many things in our world are influenced by the patriarchy and by the fact that people are misogynistic and literally hate women. And even if they don't think they do, often it comes down to this. Because really, this guy, Ian, there is no way that he in reality doesn't hate women. And the fact that he was the one doing it, but then the justice system came down on his girlfriend, that is a cover-up. But also, you're the woman. You're going to get – you're you're the one who's getting screwed here. Even when she tried, you know, maybe too late and, you know, she was involved with him. But, like, she tried to do the right thing and she's the one getting slapped with these charges and nothing's happening to him. Yeah, I – I definitely agree with you on, especially like, like personally, and we can do a whole episode on Ghislaine Maxwell, but I think Ghislaine Ugh. Maxwell was a hundred percent evil and not, you know, the, absolutely not just the, 
victim of no, Jeffrey no, no, Epstein. No. Like she was grooming these girls. No, so, no, right. no. Yes, 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 yes. And this girl, absolutely. the ex-girlfriend um, of Watkins, I mean, she – I think it's definitely frustrating that she got no reception from police even though she had evidence. But she did know about it for like a year and I guess this goes back into like his ability even to groom women. Like she was very much in love with him. And I think that had a huge impact on her ability to like forgive things. But once it got to the infant and he told her about giving cocaine to the infant and touching the infant inappropriately, like that was like her snap out moment, which I think is I was like- going to say, yeah, she was definitely- there's definitely no doubt in my mind that she also was under this culty spell. And it's hard. It's hard to like a situation like this where there's an evil person that pulls other people in. It's hard right. to know where blame lays. Exactly. But like also you have to feel in the end she did the right thing, which, you know, it was probably really hard. And he if he was doing this, he definitely probably had either physical abuse or emotional abuse that he was taking out on her. So it's yeah, especially based it's hard on the to... way he feels towards women. Exactly, so he, yeah, exactly. He's like calling women his underage sluts and stuff. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. he he was probably not the best I hate boyfriend. That. <laughs> I hate I hate that word so much. <laughs> I won't I won't say it again in this episode. I promise. No, if you need to, I get it. I will not be saying it. But you go ahead. <laughs> I am quoting. It's I know not, you are. I'm not calling anybody. I know. Yes. <laughs> now I'm trying not to say it. <laughs> Um, that's our, that's our drink word. Not that we're drinking, but that's our drink word. Perfect. Uh, I will not say it again. I'm so what I was going to say before on, on kind of the girlfriend is she did get, uh, I mean, she went to trial, but she was completely like exonerated of all like, okay. Yeah. They're, they figured out and she, like I said, she testified at his trial. So her help ended up being like very crucial to that trial and getting him convicted so ultimately i mean i think it's it makes me very mad that she like lost years of her life to having to like fight a lawsuit like that or a trial like that but i also think like if this had if he was of a different generation if they were you know famous rock stars in the in the 70s this probably never would have come to light or not in the degree that it did like Well, and it definitely, like I was talking about before, where he was, like, very obsessed with videotaping, and he ended up actually, like, Skyping with the mother of one of his victims to, like, make her do things to her, like, infant on Skype. So, like, Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, technology was the reason I think his, um, whatever, affliction of the his evilness got to this level. I think technology really enabled him. So I, I it think almost well it opened up his victim pool. He was able did. to pull and you can just well also yeah. Mm, mm, so let's get <sighs> into tough. that. Let's get into okay, that. Okay, go ahead. Pool. Um so even children that were just five years old, like the super flirty five year old he took a picture of, were getting too old for him. And he now started using his fame to groom young women who were pregnant. So that way he could sexually abuse their infants once they were born. And I'm talking like right out the womb born, like infant, infant babies. And one woman, um, so he went on trial with two other women who both like let him abuse their children. But the one woman who's since gone to prison, um, obviously, was 19 uh, when she got pregnant and once her son was born, let Watkins 
rape her 10-month-old son. And she had also, on Watkins's request, given the 10-month-old meth to please him as well as, I assume, to make him maybe more compliant. I don't, I don't really know, but... That, I don't understand that. that so they literally gave meth to a 10-month-old and, yeah. Is, are there any cases where a child was given drugs because of this person and they overdosed and died? No. Um, okay. Which that is would sort of shocking. Thought. Yeah. Uh, just given that I didn't think a 10-month-old body could handle, like, cocaine or meth. But Right. Well, then there, there are also kids that come out addicted to substances because their mom was addicted to substances. A hundred percent. Um yeah, and they probably like got addicted in this process too of being abused. Absolutely. By him. And I, so I read the sentencing report, and I'm not, I think Spotify would kick us off, Spotify, if I told you like the full details. Um, and I honestly like couldn't, I barely made it through. It is truly like one of the most disturbing things I've ever read in my life. And I'm not actually oh the only God. one who feels that way because the sentencing report itself literally says, some of the evidence was too extreme and distressing to report. So, like in a sealed report, they still felt like they're like this. It was too bad. It was truly too bad. And again, if we go back to the point of this podcast, like to me, all like that is just another like check mark that this is evil. That like that had to be redacted. Yeah. And so, since I can't go on with more specifics, but true, like just honestly, like imagine the absolute worst. Here's what I can tell you. So Watkins was arrested in 2012. So eight years after his girl, ex-girlfriend reported him. Oh my God. It took eight years. Yeah. And, and it like, wasn't her testimony that even ended up like getting him arrested. Like it was some sort of like they, so basically it was like child pornography that initially got him arrested. And he had hundreds of images of child pornography, like children under the age of five, and randomly like 40 of bestiality. Again, um, yeah, power. Like, like animals are so easy to control. Well, so not him oh. though. So he was really into like women sending him videos of them like giving blowjobs to babies and dogs. Oh my like that. God, so, Caroline, I'm actually going to be sick over here. Like- I told I'm glad that we did this early enough in the night that we still have like plenty of night to yeah, decompress. Yeah, yeah. If I went truly, to bed right it's now. like the most disturbing thing. Yeah. It's the most disturbing thing I've ever read in my life. But so and what's terrible is like most of the child pornography and like bestiality images that he had were cultivated through like his, him getting them from people. Like this wasn't stuff he like found no, on the he internet. Was like demanding he created it. child yeah, pornography. He, oh my God. Yeah, so he, like, cultivated this stuff through grooming these mothers with his fame and, like, getting them was to do things. Was he paying them? No. Oh. He, wasn't, he wasn't paying for any of them. And back to your point about the culty mindset, he basically convinced these women that they were, like, his sex slaves and that with them came – like, because he was in control of their bodies, that meant he was also in control of their, like – wombs and therefore their children and they were like basically like yes daddy like sex daddy oh you are God. you know you are like in control of all of this so it truly was like these women were absolutely brainwashed the fact that though he could get like 
like tens and tens of women like the fact that he could get one woman to agree to mm-hmm. like do let her child like baby mm-hmm. go through this is mind-boggling to me but he got like probably like 40 women to like abuse their children or let him abuse their children yeah it feels unbelievable it's absolutely it's absolutely disgusting and also i mean he like all of the basically every child that they could identify in these videos like is in foster care now like the the mothers have lost custody which is like great that they've gotten away from them but like foster care is statistically a huge place for abuse (laughs) if we go back to this idea of like what is evil and our own takes on evil just as like a concept you know that would be another point is like are these mothers evil or were they just complete completely manipulated and are victims in their own way and that's a hard it's a hard line to toe and like i don't know if i can that's the thing about this i'm glad you're picking evil people so i can like drop the hammer on them but it's like it's hard to think about that as well. There, There is a line of evilness there, but it's like, why was it – why was that the case? Absolutely. Um, so I, I do have to tell you, like, the good news is, like I said, he was arrested and tried and convicted. Um, but he did enter a plea deal so that way he wouldn't have to face the infant rape charges because, like, obviously those were the most serious – um, so instead, he was found guilty of, or he pled guilty of attempted rape, rape and sexual assault of a child under 13, guilty of three counts of sexual assault involving children, six counts of taking, making, or possessing indecent images of children, and one count of possessing an extreme pornographic image involving a sex act on an animal. And shockingly, actually, this is probably like the craziest part of all of this, but again, just speaks to the cultiness. While he was on trial, so he was in jail, he hadn't been convicted yet, so he wasn't in prison, he was actually able to groom another woman into promising him her unborn (gasps) baby via letters that they exchanged through the mail. Okay, first off, I was literally sitting here, this is crazy, Caroline, I was literally sitting here thinking about how, uh, like, this person who's, like, charismatic, like, I don't know if he's actually charismatic, but they often say that about these evil people who end up in jail, always end up with fans who send them mail, and that's just another opportunity for them to get their claws into someone, and I was sitting here thinking, I was like, I wonder if this guy, because I didn't know anything about him, if he's still in jail, and if he ha- gets fan mail, because that is hard to digest, that people... Mm, mm. It, that's hard. That that's a really it's a really hard. Thing yeah. To hear. So for the most part, uh, unlike like Ted Bundy or like even Charles Manson, like he definitely doesn't have nearly as many fans as they do. Um, but he does. Right. He at the time still had, I guess, enough fans from the um from the band. I was gonna say that he he that, had real fame. Yeah. From, for his music. Yeah. Unfortunately. Right. All right. So we've made it to. To my evil summary. Wow. And so get ready to vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. This is let me ponder it. I'm I'm gonna give you a minute to think sure. about it, but <laughs> here's my conclusion. So even after this is this is why I think he's truly, truly evil. Like even after his trial, where he was sentenced where he was sentenced to 35 years in prison. Oh my god, he, he didn't get made life? jokes. Okay, I'm sorry. 
I don't know. I, I'd have to look more into the UK laws to like understand what their their sentencing is like. Because I actually just listened to a podcast about Amanda Knox oh. and the guy who actually like did murder her roommate. And like the Italian like maximum sentence was something insanely short, like nine years. And he's like out and about now. Oh my god. Yeah. So I I'd have to look into like I think obviously the United States like our punishments are very very harsh yes. and very long. Yes. But for people like this, I'm a hundred percent supportive. It's hard, Carol. I'm over here, like these type of stories have me over here like debating like my belief system because I would definitely call myself an abolitionist in the sense that I don't believe jail is working and I don't think we should have jail and prisons in the American system. I don't think they work. But like also when people like Harvey Weinstein, what do you do yes, I'm like, Ian, like you're going to jail for life. I hope you never see the light of day, but also we need to rehabilitate. So I'm really, you've really got me questioning my own belief system. Well, I have to say like, I, this might be someone who truly isn't you can't rehabilitate him like this That's is what true. i mean when i like my my I mic drop of this whole thing is i truly think this guy is pure evil right. like they did multiple psychiatric assessments on him he was deemed mentally fit like he had been off of meth while he was in jail obviously and still groomed a woman into giving him her unborn child like he there is no there is no insanity like plea there's nothing where i think you could even give him the right combination of medicines or therapy to get him to a like to be a good person again i think he is always going to be a risk to babies yeah. and to children and like that's somebody who i fully believe should be locked up for the rest of his life and i i understand where you're coming from but yeah there are some people and i think this is one of them where where there's nowhere else you know there's nothing else we could do i agree no so, and actually, he and he expressed no. So he was sentenced thirty five years. He made jokes about it. He expressed zero remorse in what he had done. And he actually like one of his passwords on his computers because they had to like crack his computer passwords to get to all the child porn was all caps. I fuck kids with a Z. Oh my god, my jaw <laughs> so, dropped. Like, he a hundred percent knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. And yeah. I just think he's pure There's, evil. Yeah. So that's that's my evil summary. And this is all Randy's fault because I had to go find the most evil person that I could. I think next week we're going to do <laughs> – we should do a movie character next week. That's not as evil <laughs> just to lighten it up. Um, Caroline, I, I would like to say I do concur with you. I think remorse or I think – I mean there's definitely addiction. Like you can get addicted to anything. But I think when people pull you out of that addiction, how you handle it says a lot. And I think for him, he didn't care and he wanted to hurt people because that's the other thing is like that's what he was doing with if these are ch like little children is he was hurting them and he was enjoying it. So in a lot of ways, this guy is similar to Matthew Israel in that children were his victims and – you know, he was able to manipulate parents as well. But I think this guy is much, 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 much worse because you can't you can't say that he was trying to help. He was no matter what, he was being extremely I mean, selfish isn't even a good enough word, but nothing you could argue was, oh, well, he thought he was helping and that sort of thing. So I would say So what yeah. 
What's yeah? What level of hell and what is this punishment? Okay. The punishment's gonna be hard because I, I thought it was good last time that you gave Matthew Matthew Israel right. his own punishment. This guy, it's hard. I, okay, so a couple things came to mind. One, the absolute bottom, the lowest pit of hell. Yes, for sure. Seven out of seven. Seven out of seven. Absolutely, seven out of seven. I think we gave Matthew Israel a five out of seven. So, so I think that tracks. Okay, seven I think, out of seven. I think this guy's a seven out of seven. And what comes to mind is some sort of like clockwork orange situation where – but like instead of the eyes or like watching the video, it's like he has to listen to the transcript from his trial and then every time they come to a word that like – is super like what would be offensive to us like a part that would be upsetting to somebody besides him he gets like i don't know make the make it personally tailored to him he gets like bashed over the head with a guitar but then it just gets progressively worse and i don't know can you dismember someone in hell yeah 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 absolutely. okay then i feel like we start with a bash on the head from a guitar and then by the end of the transcript he is completely dismembered and then his body like comes back together and then he does that again for all of eternity so fair enough the one question i was kind of thinking that i wanted to ask you because i have not fully formed feelings about this does this mean that no one should ever listen to music that he made Hmm. um so i will tell you i did try to look this band up on the internet and they've pretty much removed themselves. Oh, that's so I good. Think I think that's good. The bandmates, the bandmates said that they were shocked that they would have killed him if they knew what he was doing. I don't and believe like I that, said, but I mean, right. maybe they didn't know to what extent. Maybe they just thought, I th- oh, I think so. Ian's a creep. Ian, like he sleeps Ian, with 16 year old, 16 year old girl. And then suddenly, yeah. it, the, and there could be some truth to that, but I also think, if it was this Yeah, expensive. it's not like he was bringing the babies on tour, you know. Oof. Okay. Yeah. Oof. So, I I think that they have done kind of that that job themselves. Um I also don't think their music was very good from what I've read. Oh. So, it's well, not like we're go. missing out on some great musical right. contribution because I think yeah, like the the argument for still listening to Michael Jackson music is, you know, it was it was very important to like pop history, things like that. This music does us no good in in life or history. And Get also the band, the band doesn't really care if you still listen to it. They just want to move far, far away well, from Well, and they probably only guy. have – yeah, they only have bad memories. So like if they listen to the music, it makes them feel probably really awful. Yeah, and they have they can go on and like form their other bands and like they can still play music and we could listen to that music. But I don't think – I mean, it's pretty – especially him being the lead singer, it really has tainted the whole sort of thing, Absolutely. the whole music experience with them. So, yeah, I think I think it's fair for, for no one to listen to it again. But it's not – I mean, he's also not getting the money or anything True. from it. Um, so I would argue that maybe, like, if they were still, uh, you know, available to listen to, that the people getting the money would be the bandmates, which is probably better – but I, you know, I still think it's. Yeah. Um, I would love to, for they've... us to do, keep doing not just artists, but I really like that 
like the discussion of like people who did contribute to society versus like the bad things that they've done. I really think that is something we can keep diving into because it's very interesting and people have, a, including us, people have a lot of opinions about it. Yeah. Well, that's our show for today, Laura. I thoroughly I you enjoyed it the time. and I'm sick to my stomach at the same time. Yeah. I feel like that would be a great review for a podcast. I enjoyed it so much, <laughs> but I feel physically ill. I think that's it. If anybody wants to go review us, I think we're on Apple Podcasts now too, so you can leave a good review Ooh, for us. baby. Ooh. Well, thank you, Carol. <laughs> Thanks for teaching me about an evil person today. Thanks for listening and voting. I'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye, good people.